Welcome, everyone. Today is September 24th, 2020, and this is what got our attention. I'm Mike, and we'll have some good stories for you today. I'm also here with Brian. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, very excited because we've got some important stories for the week, and we've got stuff that's even dropped today. And I'm also here with uh, Bruno. What up? I'm Bruno. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about, and uh, some of it's good and some of it's bad. So it'll be interesting to hear what everybody's <laughs> opinion is on uh, everyone's terrible ability to release things. Right? Yeah, that's definitely something we're going to be covering today. Uh, I just wanted to say, first off, this is episode 15, uh, which is pretty outstanding at that point, which also marks basically six months that most of the U.S., and the world probably has been working from home, uh, which is also pretty crazy to think that a lot of these, like even this kind of like thing we started picking up as far as a hobby kind of got spawned because of working from home. And uh, there's some just the way that everything is online with streaming and stuff. It just seems really interesting that, you know, we found this. I'm sure other things I've you know picked up gardening at some point. I've been kind of <laughs> doing some of the gardening to table kind of thing along with uh, some other things like that as well. So it's just interesting to see that this is kind of where we're at currently. And, you know, we'll see what happens with it. It's really amazing how um, your real life started imitating your game life when, uh, you know, you're talking about the gardening and everything. I know because it, it, like literally I would play Stardew Valley like every single day. And like even in the forest, I would try to grow stuff. And then here I am in real life now growing stuff. And it's it's starting to all blur together, especially not leaving the house and such. So it's kind of it's kind of tough bringing <laughs> gifts to your wife to woo her, you know, <laughs> already did that. We already did that. That was last uh, well, year. OK, so. no, you got to keep that <laughs> up. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, so uh, this week, what we've been playing, I know we did a game of the moment on Tuesday, which uh, we played a game called Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's a uh, maybe I'll let you, Brian, I'll let you explain what this game is okay. So it's a first person perspective game where you play some dwarves in the future. It's space dwarves and you're space being dwarves. shot down to a planet and you choose your mission, whether you're going for a particular ore or you're collecting eggs of these aliens or what have you. And there's a little bit of first person shooting, but also you're mining and you're calling the mule to you so you can like dump stuff in it and it's objective based. So you, you gotta again, get so many eggs or so much ore and it's team based. So there's four people typically you can play with less, but it's going to be a lot more difficult yeah. and things just go haywire. You get like waves of enemy that start attacking you. You have different classes. So you got kind of got a class based action shooter here where, you know, one of them is an engineer that can create a turret. And uh, another one is a driller who's got two drills on each hand. He can just go r through rock real fast and he's got a flamethrower, you know. So it's got some variety there. And as you go along, you also are able to upgrade your equipment. So there's well, that replayability factor there in that RPG element. Bruno's let's not been forget doing really good at it. I'll say let's not forget the the fact that Bruno was able to buy us all a round of beer at the virtual bar that was right? inside the game as well. So and we danced. We danced. They've got a lot of small was... little quirks of the game that make it uh, really interesting. Yeah, but it's essentially just a squad based survival shooter. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They took like the similar idea from Left 4 Dead, but implemented it in a more gimmicky like 
uh, fun, like quirky way, which works really well for the game. And you're just a bunch of dwarves getting plastered and shooting things. So yeah. when you say fun and quirky, is that part of is does it fall under the category of throwing C4 next to your other teammates and then blowing detonating them off that ledge? and blowing them up off into uh, nowhere? The way I see it is if I kill a proportional amount of mobs to teammates, <laughs> I'm still successful. So your lives <laughs> were just numbers to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the main thing too is it's, it's all objective or it's a, uh, like a goal based thing. And even if one person makes it out alive, it's cause at the end you have to basically call the dropship. You have to get back. And then uh, right. the one person has to make it out. And alive. That's a and then the dropship leaves. Yeah. And it's, it's a scramble. It's, You've got five, you're like five minutes, which sounds like a long time game time. But it's not because typically you've dug down and you've gone through caverns and you can get turned around and there's an amazing map that is this yeah. 3D rendered map in wireframe that you can turn around. You can see where everybody's at. And you can see the different tunnels. But even with that, <clears throat> five minutes to get back is much shorter yeah. than you would expect. And to it's, make it interesting yeah. in those five minutes, what they end up doing is the more you ramp up the difficulty, the more complex the maps get, meaning that you yeah. Yeah. even as a driller we're on lower level maps i can just drill in a straight line to where we're going on more complex maps everything's platformed so you have to work together the driller can drill through entire platforms to make it quicker but then you need the scout to kind of shoot the um the zip lines for people to to make it up things or else you won't make it back in time yeah and that was one of the things that i appreciated about this game is that not only did you have like different weapons for the different classes but you had different abilities to help each other. So yeah, the gunner had the zip line uh, that everybody could use the zip line. The scout had their grapple so that they can move up somewhere and find out if it's the right way to go. And even the engineer had a platform gun that like it could shoot and these platforms would form on the wall so he could like make steps up to the next area yeah. if, if that's what you needed. And then, yeah, the driller just, just made a tunnel right to wherever you needed to go super quick. And I want to point that out as being one of the, the harder parts because when you're trying to leave, everything's procedurally generated. So, yeah, there's tunnels and stuff that's already there. But as a driller, they could just drill holes to get to where they're going. So when it's like scrambling, there's things attacking you and chasing you and you're trying to run to get out of there. You don't really know exactly which way to go because you see a hole that you guys made and you're like, is that the way I need to go? Or is it this other hallway or is it the two paths of the driller went because we went after two different things at one point? So, yeah, it especially is, it is when definitely you don't notice tough. Especially when you don't notice which way the driller went. The driller's like, okay, I'm going, and your back's to him, and you turn around, and you're like, there's three tunnels to choose from, and you're like, uh. Yeah, where did you and, go? And it's it's not like you have time to look at it, because on top of the complexity of the caverns and trying to get back in five minutes, everything starts to attack you. So oh yeah, regardless of Even where your teammates. you are, there's these crab and spider like aliens that are skittering towards you. And they're and even better. Is these oversized lightning bug looking MFers oh, that just come along and they grab you and they, they at the most inconvenient. Time. They don't attack you. They don't hurt you. They literally kidnap you and take you places and then drop you off. And I'm sitting there dead. There's creatures swarming over me. And all I see is like, Zeiss is like, oh, I'm going to help you because you're on the way to the exit. And you're on the way to, and I can revive you. And, and like, and then all of a sudden I see something, grab him and take him like to a different and level. And then he jumps down from there. Away. It starts coming again. And another one grabs him and takes him to somewhere else. 
Yeah, it was that part frustrated me because I was like literally the only one alive trying to save everyone and try to get out of there, and it ended up screwing oh, me over. So, absolutely. Uh, hysterical. Anyway, Deep Rock Galactic. It's found. Uh, you can get it on Steam. I think there's probably other platforms you can probably uh, pick it up on. Uh, it's not too expensive. It's like twenty bucks. I think it's on sale right on now. On sale right now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, pretty a fun. Pretty a pretty fun game with some friends. It's up to four players that you guys can have a blast with, and there's probably a lot more playability. I'm sure we'll go back to it. Uh, other than that, though, I played. Normally, uh, I played. Normally $30 if it's not on sale. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's not too, too bad for the, the amount of content you can probably do. Yeah. Uh, I did play another game. I actually checked this out last night. I was, uh, I do the typical look through my library. I say, I'm going to play another game. And then I look through my steam library and then I look through my Xbox game pass library. And then I look through like everything else that I have. And I go through the whole 15 to 20 minutes of not playing anything because I'm trying to figure out what I want to play. Then you play uh, rocket it, it, league. And then I go to Rocket League mostly. Uh, so I did that already. And then I was trying to find something else to play. And uh, I ended up coming across a game on Xbox Game Pass. It's called uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. Yes. And I I saw that the description was like, it's a 90, it's a 90 simulator of being online. Uh-huh. Something to that nature. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but it looks kind of fun. So, and it's kind of wild. I'm just going to check it out. And I will say it is definitely that it is a 90 simulator. If you remember back when like GeoCities was a thing and people were making web pages based on that and really bad graphics and even like really basic like AOL email. And even uh, there was a website that I used to go to as a kid. It was like Headbone Zone and it was like a, a chat room for kids. It was like protected, moderated or whatever. And uh, imagine all of that being in this game and you're having to you're basically like the the Internet police and you're, you're having like to scroll through. Yeah, you're like the moderator. You're like going through all these different uh, web pages. And I mean, and there's a series of web pages. I mean, there's a lot of different places to click and go through. And uh, you get like a case and you have to try to like solve or go through the different pages and like determine if they're violating like terms of service, essentially, like whether it's, you know, by uh, like bullying or harassment or if it's like copyright infringement uh, to like just like they're selling things illegally. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Like my wife was like, so what is this game about? And I kind of explained, she goes, so you're working. And I was yeah. like, no, it's a game. I'm like, she's like, but you're working. And I'm but like, working. but she's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and she left. I'm like, I guess she's not wrong. So, <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. I don't know if I'll go back to playing it again. It was pretty fun for a good 30 minutes or so, but uh, very repetitive. Unless they kind of have some other, there is a little, little different mysteries. Like there's a bio setting you can go into and like, it shows like the computer's booting up. So I'm like, I wonder if there's something interesting with that. Like maybe there's some hidden Easter egg stuff, but uh, I didn't, like I said, I haven't really dug too much into it, but I did play that. You've been playing anything else, uh, Brian? Uh, yeah. We had a choice between playing Helldivers and Deep Space Galactic. I think we made the right choice. Not that Helldivers is bad. Uh, I think Helldivers I might to be play something that. that we look into later, possibly. Yeah. Uh, I played a short amount of it. Basically like tutorial but the cool thing is, is it's an always online game and people can join your session up to four players again. Think Diablo-esque, right? That top down, almost almost three quarter isometric that Diablo does, but not quite that. It's, it's more of a top down. And your character's running around sci-fi. You go down on a world. It's, it's like Star Troopers, the game. Uh, <laughs> Star like, Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah, because it's like we're going to like aggressively 
bring the mandate of democracy to all of these planets. And they literally say, here's the bug homeworld. And then there's like the cyber. I'm doing somewhere. my part. <laughs> oh, it's no, it's amazing. Like it's, it's that it's like, and then I, I started this, like, am I the bad guy here? Because I know how that movie goes. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Like you start kicking in buildings and there's like families, like family aliens, like eating at the dinner table. And you're just like, yeah. Like, no. <laughs> and while it doesn't get to that, but essentially you drop down on this planet, you got different weapons. You can reload. Other people can join you. You can call in uh reinforcement weapons and, and reloads, which was hilarious. And you can build yourself up again. It's got that RPG element of where you can like buy better weapons and, in better components for those weapons and improve all of them. Uh, you also have a Cape, which is really awesome because like <laughs> before you go on your mission, you can just spin around and your Cape just flies out physics wise. So you can just spin that Cape around. So why do you need a Cape? Who cares? You can spin it around. Cool. It's awesome. <laughs> why not? I guess. <laughs> why not? And you got this objective. You got to like either, go to an area and capture that area, or you got to pick up some component and bring it back. And you can pick up other things on the way that'll help you personally, not just your objective. And so I'm playing and I'm on a second mission. And this guy joins me and he's much, much higher level than me. He so calls down some stuff <laughs> and I'm like, just like, and he's, and we're not talking. He's just like, using the emotes within the system. Like, come on, come over here. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, and I'm shooting stuff <laughs> and I'm learning for the first time to call down my extra ammo and everything. And I call it down. Cause he's already done this twice. And it's like, does a marker on the ground. And I'm like, okay, don't stand there. Cause yeah, you know, it just hits the ground and he picks up what he wanted. And so I'm like, Oh, it's cool. I'm going to do it. And like it, does it in a really interesting way. You don't just hit a button to do it. You actually open up a menu and depending on what code you put in with your D pad depends on what you're going to, what you're going to do, whether you're going to call down ammo or you're going to do some other events, which I haven't learned yet. It's almost like entering a Konami code for Christmas sake. <laughs> in fact, at one point I even had to like unlock the box, put it in what looked like the kind I, I mean, I went up, up, down, down, left, right, left. <laughs> But so I call down my extra ammo and I'm like, oh, it's going to be right there. And I guess he didn't see it. Oh, no. Because this 26 level guy <laughs> runs right where it's coming down. And I was like, oh, and I thought I was far enough away too. <laughs> this thing came down, slammed and killed us both. And I was, oh and that was God. the last thing I played, not because I was disgusted, just because I was like, okay, that's an awesome way to end it for tonight because that was so funny. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to go back and play some more of that, even solo because randos can come in and that's just going to be hilarious. I know Bruno has it, so I'm looking forward to playing with him. So we'll wait for Zeiss here for you to get it too. And maybe we'll do another game of the moment on Helldivers, but. I'm okay with that. I, I definitely yeah. thought it was interesting. I wanted to play it. So like I said, yeah. it reminded me of old, like a uh, machine hunter from like PlayStation. So sure. I was, I yeah. Was Another one. And very much like Diablo too. You just shoot stuff and pick up loot. It's, it's not as much loot as Diablo. It's like, it's not like the aliens are dropping things for you to pick up, but other than that, kind of similar. <laughs> gotcha. Bruno, you've been playing anything else? 
I picked up two games this last week that I've been messing around with. Um, the first one that I've been playing mostly um, is a squad-based thriller slash horror survival shooter kind of thing. It's called GTFO. Um, yeah. Right. And uh, it's it's a really interesting game. Um, it, it's best played with four people for sure. And unlike a lot of the games, it, it's weird because it's, it's level-based. Like you do a mission and you go in. But when you start, you actually start with half resources or less for all of your guns and no materials to heal yourself with whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so you kind of you drop into a specific mission. The mission, for the most part, is it, like the map is static, but the location of things is not. And you have to work as a team to make it through this place infested by these weird mutated like demon monster things. Um <laughs> And the, the objective is clear. You have an objective to do. For example, you got to go take this canister and put it into a machine to like purify it. And then you have to extract the canister. Um, but all the doors are locked because you're in like this giant underground laboratory. So you have to go find key cards and stuff. And um, there's consoles that people can go to. And you actually have to like query the system to look for the location of key cards, but if you're not in the same node, so like if you're in room 123 or zone 123, the key card could be in zone 127, like F, but you don't know that. It'll just say, oh yeah, it's in 127. And you have to actually break into 127 with your squad while either avoiding the monsters that exist within the map. And then once you're in there, you have to find a console, secure, like get to a secure console, open it, and you have to list the items, query the specific item you're looking for, what the key card is, find out where it is, what door you have to go through to get to it, and then so, make sure that you're not... The reason why you do this is to not waste resources, because if you were to like get to 127 and there was door A and door B, and you go through door B, it might happen that you can only get there by going through door A, so you end up wasting a bunch of resources and failing the mission because everybody gets brutally murdered. Um, <laughs> and the so game is, is just is very, map- very difficult. So is the map like a giant grid? So like, you know, where G127 is or? No, <laughs> it's it's not. The map actually, when you spawn in, you can hit M or tab. And the map that comes up shows you just the room that you're in. And you have to uncover like almost like a fog of war area to see the layout. Um, and that's it. That's all the information it gives you. So you have to like go into a room, scout around, look at ah! the signs. You'll see signs that say this is zone 127A and this is zone 127B. And then when you try and open the doors, certain doors that are secure checkpoints that don't need key cards will do a security scan. So all four squad members have to be inside of the checkpoint. And when that finishes, it then branches out and says that each squad member has to stand in a different area of the room while like surviving waves of enemies coming at you. And if you don't stand in it, the alarms <laughs> oh keep God. going off and calling more and more waves of enemies. So you have to keep like picking up your allies and stand. So it's very much like you either coordinate really well or you all die, um, which is <laughs> fantastic. Really it's brilliant <laughs> because the people that we play with are not coordinated at all. And we're all people who I was are gonna like, say. we're going to do whatever the hell we want to do. So it turns out into everything is harder than it should be, which is ba- great. Based on hilarious. Deep Rock Galactic, I'm saying the three of us would die a lot. Yeah, I could see us doing terrible at that game. <laughs> it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is Risk of Rain 2, uh, which is. Oh, yeah. Uh, a much different play that. game. It's, like yeah, it's a, actually released now. So, yeah, you just keep doing runs and trying to kill stuff, get better item sets because the items are randomized that you get them. So you just play a specific character, you go in um, and then 
you just fight through it. The longer you take, the higher the difficulty gets. So um, it's a really fun game to just... It's a really good core gameplay loop that just keeps on giving. So Yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> game, too. It has a lot of, like, like it's a 3D... Like almost artsy, like uh, cell shaded yeah. type kind of game. Uh, very pretty. So, and it, it it wasn't early access. It finally got released. I think about a month ago, and mm -hmm. uh, it's available it's pretty much wherever you pick up stuff. So, but yeah, that's what yeah, I've been playing. I do want to. I do want to play that one, especially since I played the original Risk of Rain, which is a two D right, completely different than this game. Like platform. Well, completely different, but it's they really did take the spirit of the original Risk of Rain. And was able to translate it into this 3D world. So, right, very interested in playing that. Well, cool. That's uh, so that's what we've been playing. Obviously, that's not what you guys are mostly here for. Uh, what we're actually here for is to talk about the crazy amount of news that came out in the last minute this week, and also just some just debacles that have happened with some of these releases. We talked about PlayStation uh, having their announcement last week, and the week before that, we talked about Xbox kind of doing their announcement. We'll get to that. And and it's, uh, you know, you decide on who you want to go with. If you're going to go with one, we kind of give you guys our opinion on those. Uh, but then some other news dropped this week and we were kind of all in shock. Uh, I think, Phoenix, you actually posted this on your Twitter. I thought I saw your your post like, OMG, like what is going on? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Microsoft acquired ZeniMax. Now. Don't worry if you don't know what ZeniMax is, because a lot of people don't. It's the parent company that actually owned multiple different studios. And the studio that everybody like jumped on board and like, OK, the one they recognized first was Bethesda, because right. Bethesda, you know, they make Elder Scrolls. They have Elder Scrolls online. They have, of course, you know, Skyrim which has been ported to everything. Skyrim Even your runs, point. runs on your refrigerator at this point. Because <laughs> uh, that actually, they do have those with monitors. Yeah. And, you know, uh, very many people, series. very many people actually have multiple versions of Skyrim. Yeah. So, yeah, that was huge, huge news that they got ZeniMax Media and added in multiple different studios. The other one that people don't always realize is that ZeniMax owns id software. Of course, the makers of doom, which the, the recent doom remakes, uh, remakes as it were, you know, uh, I think it was 2016 doom and then the doom this year as well, which just took the world by storm because they really changed up the game yet still kept it very much towards the original and then quake right. and rage. So, I mean, they have quite a number of things under them that are fantastic. And those are the two that most people just, when they saw the announcement there, that's what they thought. They're like, Oh my God, but that's, Oh my God, it's software. But there's actually some more in there, which is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. I started digging into this and they, some of the other studios they own are, are machine gun games. That's under ZeniMax. machine gun games. Uh, if you don't know the name, they do the Wolfenstein series. So again, uh, another successful kind of reboot-ish of these older games, mm. especially with Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein New Order, where they just totally changed it up and really focused on the storytelling a lot and still kept true to the FPS roots, 
where a ton of people had fun with those. But then it starts getting stranger. Then you got Arcane Studios. Well, that's the Dishonored series. You got Dishonored and Dishonored 2, which they didn't quite, they weren't quite blockbusters, but they were still very fun games. Yeah, super cool game. It's actually, those are on Xbox Game Pass currently already. Already, yeah. Yeah. So they're good to check out. And because now that they're first party, they're going to be on there forever, pretty much. They also did Prey. Uh, again, kind of a reimagining of the original Prey. And then I saw that they, they're making Deathloop. Arcade Studios is making Deathloop, which we saw in the PlayStation 5 announcement, is supposedly an exclusive to the PS5. Yep. Also, they got Tango Gameworks. Now, Tango Gameworks is the studio that has developed the Evil Within series. So Evil Within 1 and 2, games that Zycia will never play. Actually, I think you, you <laughs> actually I play played it. the first I played Evil Within for like not even 10 minutes and then I noped out because nope. <laughs> yep. But they are creating or they're developing Ghostwire Tokyo. That's right. Another PlayStation 5 exclusive. So yeah. that's completely amazing that they are making those. Uh, and then they also got Alpha Dog, who does a lot of mobile games, uh, kind of like Motor City Rampage. So kind of, again, reimagining of the Rampage arcade game from back in the past, but now for mobile. Uh, and also, right. also Wraithborn. Uh, digging a little deeper, I actually found a quote. This is on Neoseeker.com. And they got a quote from Phil Spencer, head of Xbox. Spencer further clarifies in an interview with Bloomberg that Microsoft will still honor any limited time exclusivity deals that all ZeniMax studios have already made with other console platforms. I.e. Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are both right. launching first on the PlayStation 5. First on the PlayStation 5. Any console exclusivity deals, to, deals for future titles will need to be judged at a case-by-case -case basis, of course. So this sounds like that both of those aren't quite the exclusive that Sony wanted right. you to believe, that both of those most likely are timed exclusives on the PlayStation 5 and will likely be coming to Xbox as well. Although we already Which, knew both of them were coming to PC. I would say, and then on top of that, they're going to be making the money off of all of those games, even though... They're not really going to be on the platform right away, which all of that was super interesting to, to find out. So, yeah, you were you were you were saying basically the the BDE that these guys were like thrown around now that they own the studio. It, it, it's it's also interesting. So this whole deal was seven point five billion dollars B billion dollars and to put that into perspective disney purchased lucas arts and the star wars ip from george lucas for four billion dollars wow wow <laughs> i mean and that's funny to say because there's always been the argument of like oh video games aren't that a big deal but we're talking now that studios are being bought 
for more than even franchises for like film and media like that. Right. Those are huge numbers. That's not just, I mean, this is also Microsoft we're talking about here, which also does a lot more than just video games, which we've obviously know now this is kind of what they're wanting to do is build a, a, a bigger company and really outreach to all these different platforms and, and uh, different things. But it's, that's, that's huge numbers. Uh, the other thing was interesting is, so after that came out, I think two days ago. And then yesterday, Microsoft had an announcement. They said it was on their, uh, it was basically on their Twitter they posted, but they said that there would be a, a new game um, where they said they don't really want to talk about the, what is it? The, um, like they can't really announce it yet. It's going to be a secret sort of, but they what it was drop hints, right? They didn't want to drop hints, but the, it basically is a screenshot from an email from uh, it's actually a uh, Melissa game pass uh, and it's two yeah, Xbox game pass time. social. And it says, uh, you know, listen up, everybody out of the, um, all the months this year has definitely been one of the most eventful on top of the EA play and the cloud uh, gaming beta, which they just announced, which also works really well. If you have a cell phone, all you have to do is get a, a wireless uh, controller, like a, either an Xbox controller, or get the mount works really great. There's only a couple games right now, but man, that is super cool and convenient. Uh, Anyway, uh, so uh, there's even more news coming your way. Keep ready, reading for the details. Better get excited. Everyone's going to go crazy when they hear about what I'm about to tell you. Lo and behold, and there's a huge redacted sign, and it says, of course, uh, it's coming, or it says uh, redacted, and it says, it's coming to a service very soon, to a service very soon. Of course, this needs to remain a secret. We need to resist the temptation of dropping hints to our followers. And uh, so that's a screenshot. And then someone said, I can actually confirm by uh, reducing exposure, I got this. Uh, this plus the look below in the initials is an awesome way to tease something. And uh, what it actually is under the under her signature says talk soon, Melissa. Uh, they had in like light gray text, which they had to like lighten up. And it says the Slayer is coming. And, yeah. you know, what does that mean? So speculation was like, I don't know what that could be. Like, what is that going to be? A lot of people started speculating maybe Doom Eternal uh, or the Doom series. And lo and behold, uh, well, yeah, obviously soon after that they announced that obviously doom is also coming to the xbox game pass which i mean having the big announcement with any max media like we already kind of expected that you know but uh that was just another little uh stab they were doing just to kind of show that like there is so much more coming to the xbox game pass i'm really interested to see what they do with uh with elder scrolls online um it's, it's a game that's yeah. been plagued by a lot of issues with the online service in terms of latency um, and mm -hmm. skill use and recently they actually downscaled things for on like the online pvp portion of the game because their servers couldn't handle the interactions with the database is what they said so their solution was to tone down cooldowns in pvp which pissed off a lot of the player base so a lot of people are hoping that with the onboarding into microsoft that maybe they take some use out of that azure cloud network and the yep. Azure system and actually implement uh, some scalability in it to resolve a lot of those growing pains. Uh, the other exciting thing is obviously one of the primary studios they picked up, which is Bethesda, has been kind of trailing off into a place that a lot of people are not confident in. So <laughs> I'm one of those people. There's a lot of hope that just just maybe Microsoft writes the ship to some degree. Um, I wouldn't say Bethesda's done everything wrong recently. They they have That's some true. good in their games. Uh, Elder Scrolls has good direction for a lot of things just the optimization and the changes mm -hmm. they've made in order to resolve problems have been more in the effort of making money and not making the players happy. Um, yeah. Fallout 76 and did improve well, yes. but 
there's there's a lot of a lot of improvement but, that's but there. came back it did fallout 76 even though it was started off really bad it had a loyal following that stayed there and even though they had some missteps with the whole founders club thing which was hilarious with regular players hunting them down yeah but they actually came back and did a lot of change they finally finally brought in the npcs which they thought was an amazing announcement should have been. Yeah, I don't know. How about a Fallout game? How about you give me the Fallout game that we've always expected? It's a Fallout game. There's NPCs, but don't give me multiplayer more. with no NPCs. <laughs> but there's I, I'm more. not a Fallout 76 fan. I tried it. It's boring. Sorry, I haven't nope. played it since the NPCs, uh, but I was a Fallout 4 fan for building. So but there's more because because they made this acquisition. What people are realizing is one of the yep. most popular Fallout games wasn't even made by Bethesda. Correct. It was. What was it, Mike? Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas, made. which was made by Obsidian, Obsidian Entertainment, which is already owned by a previous purchase by Microsoft. They're a yep. first party party. And because they were owned by Microsoft and Bethesda wasn't, the whole concept of like a Fallout New Vegas 2 was completely out the window. So a lot of people are like, okay, can we yeah. have a Fallout New Vegas 2 now? Or at least get Obsidian in there to like do the magic again and let Obsidian develop another Fallout game. And now, because they're all under the same company, maybe that can happen. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. The other part of Fallout and a lot of even Skyrim and everything too, uh, at least the PC players, is the modding. The modding community for both of these games, both these series, mm. is very huge. And with Bethesda, with with Fallout, you know, you could use whatever mods you had, and you could you could really tweak the game and even change the game aspects really. Uh, and then a yeah. lot of that, uh, usually when companies go this way, it's like, well, then you kind of reduce all that 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 adding in of the modding, which. But what we saw with Fallout 4, Microsoft, you know, when they ported it over, they said, you know what, you know, we're going to work with the modding community. We're going to actually give uh, you guys the ability to use mods on the console itself. Now, it is a little more strict restricted than just like us going to like a website and downloading whatever mod we want. But at the same time, it's still there. So yeah. knowing that they're going to be the ones owning all of this. It's actually still, like you said, it's it's seeming like it's it's a, a glimmer of hope and a lot of like reviving a lot of these games that you know, have been really, I mean, obviously the amount of hours I've spent in Skyrim, the amount of hours I've played in Fallout 4, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, uh, and then the less, no hours that I've played in Fallout 76, but all of that will be kind of revived, hopefully by, you know, this acquisition. So it's, yeah. it's obviously a huge deal. We'll probably find out more and more as the weeks come. You know what would be even, even more hilarious? If, because they have, again, these exclusives on, PlayStation already. Could you imagine if they use this as a way to launch Xbox Game Pass on your PlayStation? <laughs> They're already making the money from these PlayStation exclusives anyway. Uh, that, that would or, be wild. Or maybe they go the opposite way. Maybe they don't offer Game Pass on the PlayStation and they're like, hey, you can either pay 60, 70, $70 for some of the new stuff on the new generation, right? Over on PlayStation, or you can subscribe to PlayStation Ultimate for $15 a month and play all these games and more. I feel like the most so, likely Xbox outcome is that they won't make a lot of those games exclusives. 
Yeah. Because Microsoft well, has been leaning toward the idea of uh, of more like open gaming and allowing people to have easier interaction into games because of how popular both Elder Scrolls and Bethesda are as um, just mm-hmm. general game series. Uh, I don't foresee that Microsoft is going to withhold those games in any shape or form. They'll probably come to a conclusion with Sony and a contract to allow those games to release at the same time everywhere in order to keep the player base as happy as possible because Microsoft has been definitely trying to be like, we, we want everybody included in the games that we release. We don't want to try and exclude too many people. Um, and then Sony has just been more like, we're releasing better exclusives than you guys are. So I think that's kind of the trend yeah. that we're just going toward. Microsoft? And that's really kind of what they've been doing, but it's kind of boring at this point. <laughs> well, and Microsoft has already done this with Nintendo. They've got um, at least two, if not three first party games that are on Nintendo. Well, when you say it's kind of boring at this point, what specifically? Well, just oh, the, the fact that. Only. Yeah, because I mean, PlayStation, like they're still battling the console war, which I think they just haven't got the memo that there really isn't a console war anymore. Like Microsoft's not worried about that. They're worried about the grander scale. And that to me is what's, you know, I don't know. I think both of them are doing their own thing that works for them. Um, Mm -hmm. But Sony has always been better with their exclusives. Like the, the companies that they work with and the companies they own have always been, in my opinion, with the exception of very few series, um, better at storytelling, um, better at just the immersion of their games. And I think that's something they take pride in. So they don't, they don't want to dilute it by sharing it everywhere. They want to display it on the platform that they have and nowhere else because that's kind of where they what they want to build it around. Um, and that's obviously a financial choice because they want to make more money. But um, yeah. it helps the creators, too, because then there's specific to a platform. They don't have to focus on porting it anywhere, which is always a nightmare. We see so many exclusive games that when they're ported from being PS5 exclusives or I guess PlayStation 4 exclusives or PlayStation exclusives in general to PC, they're absolute trash. And the companies that don't have anything to do with PlayStation end up suffering for it. So it's like, fine, just be an exclusive. We'll give you a deal for it and do what you do just on this one console. And if they ever decide to port it out, um, PlayStation makes a lot of deals to try and help them. So I think both companies have just decided to take a different course. And the course that they've both been doing for so long when trying to challenge each other and exclusives has continued to work for Sony, but failed miserably for Microsoft because Microsoft has been not so good at releasing good exclusives, but they're amazing at making games as a service versus games as exclusives um, because they have the platform for it. They've just done a much better job. They're a larger company, more infrastructure. So each individual company has branched off in their strengths, which is um, okay for them and great for gamers. So I'm all for it by all means. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. Make a good point there. Yeah, so that's a lot of Microsoft news. Uh, kind of, like I said, this is what our take of it, obviously, and there's a lot, like I said, probably more to come this week that we'll probably find out and maybe next week and the weeks to come. Uh, so to kind of steer a little way away from the Microsoft talk to kind of clean our palate, I think you have a story from uh, Amazon. Yeah, so Amazon has unveiled a new cloud gaming service um, that they're titled Luna. Um, so this is going to be similar to Stadia or Stadia. Stadia. Um, and uh, they're going to be launching this. I don't know when. I'm not sure that an actual date has been announced as of yet. Um, but there's going to be essentially like uh, a subscription model of, I believe, $6 a month um, for this service. Um, they're going to release a controller that's exclusive 
to this Luna platform. That's what it's used for, although it will integrate with other Bluetooth controllers. Um, and it looks coming... identical to an Xbox controller. Yeah, yeah it, it really does look is. very, Sides very similar. Um, a lot of the games right now that they've announced are games that we've seen in other places. Um, uh, like just listing some off, Resident Evil 7, Control, uh, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, Surge 2, Ukulele, um, Grid, Abzu, uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So uh, those are some of the titles they mentioned. And it looks like they're planning on doing almost like uh, gaming channels that you can subscribe into. Um, one of the, 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 the gaming channel specifically will be for like certain developers will have all of their games under one channel and you can kind of subscribe to play those games specifically. Uh, okay. One of the big things about it is it has Twitch um, interactivity. Mm -hmm. So because it's Amazon owned, uh, that means that it's going to have Twitch integration. And the idea behind that is you can use Twitch to jump in and out of games um, as you see fit. Now, they don't detail exactly how in depth that goes. It would be really interesting if that had some viewership capabilities, which I foresee them capitalizing on, like right. join join your favorite streamer in an online game um, if they allow it. So like taking stream sniping to to an all new high, I guess. Yeah. Um, but one of, one of the things they did say <clears throat> was, hey, if you're watching your favorite streamer play this game, you can jump directly from watching them play that game to you playing that game on Luna. Uh, not yeah. necessarily with the streamer, but they were talking about, you know, like just almost immediately that you could just start playing that yeah. same game. Like click the button and then mm -hmm. now you're in the game. So that's kind of cool. I mean, and uh, you know, it works on Fire with... TV. So what's that? Like I have a Fire TV, oh, right. uh, not not just the stick, but I mean, I have a TV that's got Fire TV built into it. So in theory, all I have to do is buy this controller and do the introductory price be careful it's an introductory price of six dollars a month uh yeah. and then i could just start playing these games unlike stadia which the big difference this sounds almost identical to stadia except yeah. for stadia you have to go and you have to start purchasing your games so you have to rebuy the games and you kind i mean half a dozen one six of the other it's kind of the same thing whether you're doing a, yeah. a, a subscription or you're purchasing the games individually that you want eventually you're still paying more money for the same things that you likely already own on pc and or your console i do still yeah, worry a little bit about this release and the fact that one of the big things they're toting is you know they're using aws to launch this service and i mean obviously mm -hmm. they're the largest cloud provider on the planet still i don't think azure has surpassed them yet um no. the problem with that is if you've watched the release of crucible one of their other online titles and some of the stuff behind uh, new world stress tests they haven't had the best track record as the world's largest cloud service provider at hosting games that don't suffer horribly from network issues so i'm curious how they handle cloud gaming as a service when they can't handle cloud game as a game <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what they pull off yeah, yeah i mean i think it's interesting to see all of the companies trying to do something a little different than what the other people are doing, but they've all tried to do the same thing. So it's like the streaming thing. It's all, you know, Google announced it. It was like, all right, we're going to do the cloud thing. And then Xbox is like, we're going to do the cloud thing, which I think actually is doing. It's pretty easy because literally just sync your controller. If you have Xbox game pass and you have a phone and kind of like what, uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
the the company, Blizzard. Blizzard said at their BlizzCon, like, hey, you have a phone, right? Like, you're going to play the new Diablo on your phone. Well, like, Xbox literally said, if you have a phone and you have Xbox Game Pass, you have a controller, then you can play any of the games that are available right now for console or for streaming for yeah. the cloud or whatever. But, I mean, the same thing. It's like everybody's doing some sort of online streaming thing, which... Sounds like this is a good idea for them because obviously they own Twitch and they have that connection where they can actually bring in the gaming and the streaming side. And it's a subscription service rather than a purchase, like you're saying on Stadia, like purchase to own each game. I mean, I don't know. It, it's interesting to see that we're all doing that, plus that it keeps the market fresh because there's, you know, everybody's trying to do something different. Uh, the same style thing, but a little bit different. So there's going to keep that competitiveness there. But I don't know. That sounds kind of weird to start with. I really have to see, I guess, obviously this just came out today. We'll have to see what they really mean and where this is really going to go. I yeah, feel. they're certainly testing well, the waters with the gaming industry right now. Yeah. And <clears throat> what the price is going to be. Uh, yeah. The Xbox side of it, you know, isn't necessarily free either. Although there are some free aspects of it. If, if you just have not Xbox Game Pass, but just your Xbox you could stream your games from your Xbox to your phone while you're traveling. So there's some give and take here on all of these. So I'm interested to see what the prices are going to be and how this all plays out with Stadia and Luna and Xbox game cloud. And heck even PlayStation has their PlayStation now that they've kind of been fiddling around with for like six years now or so. Let's see if they actually take off there too. Yeah, the PlayStation Vita, that was a thing for a while, and then that kind of has died out, I guess, at this point. Remember, like, the PlayStation, uh, whatever the other one was before that, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, to bring it back for Xbox for a moment. I thought we were done. We weren't done. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We still have other Xbox stuff to talk about later. We had to split it up. Yeah, whatever. So, Xbox... Series S and X both have fast PCI 4 enabled SSDs in them. Not quite as fast as the PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 5 does beat them out on that. PlayStation 5 goes up to like about 7 gig per second while the Xbox Series consoles, they top out on their SSDs, I think about the 4 point something. Uh, so, so they're a little bit over half as fast, but they're still much, much faster than what you normally get in your PCs today, unless you have an AMD chipset, which is taking advantage of the PCIe 4, which is brand new setup, relatively brand new. Well, where they differ is that the PlayStation 5 is going to allow you to replace the SSD that uses the M.2 standard connectivity, which is how you'd build it into PC today. And they're gonna have it user replaceable. Xbox, on the other hand, instead of having you open it up and replace a hard drive, which I don't know if you've done an M.2, but they're not the easiest thing. And the screw is extremely tiny. It's not rocket science, but it does take some dexterity and you could, accidentally mess some things up if you weren't careful. Whereas Xbox said, okay, let's make this easy. Just slots right in just like a cartridge. And you have the same speed hard drive as you do normally. Mm -hmm. So I didn't test this. There we go. 
So here is what it looks like. And it's not all that much bigger than an SD card. You know what this looks like? These are like the old memory sticks from like, it's like, like a the old memory sticks from or a Nintendo. Xbox. Like, what is going on here? This is hilarious. Oh no, absolutely. We're coming and full circle. So it does look like the original, like actually 360. This looks like the 360 memory sticks, except it's one terabyte and it's going to be the same speed as the one that's attached to the motherboard. So super quick. Well, not only do we get the pictures because we've had the pictures for a while, but the price dropped as well because Best Buy accidentally or on purpose listed this. <laughs> I, know. I like how we have to put this disclaimer out there. Is it is it accident or is it on purpose now? $220 for one terabyte. Now, $220 for one terabyte. You're like, okay, well, that's a lot of cash. Yeah. And it is. It, but in, in fact, it's so much cash that even if you purchased the Xbox Series S, which is the $300 console, when you buy the $220 one terabyte add-in, now you have a console that's $520. Yep. 21 more... 21 more dollars than the Xbox Series X. Granted, you got an extra 500 or so gig because you'll be up to 1.5 terabytes instead of one terabyte, but you'll have the slower processor, the slower GPU, and you're now paying more. So I believe that's going to be really fun because a lot of people are going to go nuts of like, oh my God, look, you know, this, it's going to be much better on the Sony PlayStation. Nope. It's not going to be better on the Sony PlayStation because Sony PlayStation, because even though we've got $219.99 at Best Buy for the Seagate one terabyte expansion for the Xbox, the Sony PlayStation is going to have very specific drives. Again, they have to be fast. They have to hit right. that close to seven gig per second throughput that the drive in the Sony has. So what does a one terabyte drive cost that's that fast? Well, Newegg has them. Here's the Seagate Fire Cuda. It's $217. One terabyte. Almost the same speeds. Yep. Not just then, the Sabrent. I have a Sabrent uh, that I put into Snow White, my wife's computer that I built for her. Uh, it's $200 for the one terabyte. Uh, now if you get it with the heat sink, guess what? $220. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with the Seagate one is it's specifically made that the case that it's in actually acts as a heat sink as well. And even the Samsung, cause the Samsung is a tried and true SSD that a lot of people use and they just released their 980 pros, which is PCI express four capable. And again, $230. So it's interesting that while initially it does sound like it's a lot of money, it's actually in line of yeah, what, the, what these one terabyte drives cost. And if you think that you're going to take the PS five, which has 825 gig, I think it is, it's not quite a terabyte. And you're going to expand that to like, I don't know. Maybe you want to go up to a two terabyte one. 
Well, the Sabrin two terabytes is $419. So that comes two terabyte. <laughs> yeah, the two tire terabyte Fire Cuda Seagate, $397. So uh, it should be very interesting to see what people start saying online about this because it's not quite as black and white as they might think at first. Yeah, well, I mean, also the ordering of these things has been having issues as well. I think you have some news on uh, some of the pre-order stuff. I think you have a personal experience with pre-ordering. Uh, well, okay. So if we're going to talk about pre-ordering the Xbox before we get into uh, the other pre-order stuff that Bruno's going to talk about. Uh, yeah, the, the pre-orders have been not all that great with the Xbox. Uh, they kind of got hit by bots as well. They had problems where just like all the rest of the pre-orders had where PlayStation 5 had problems uh, ordering the the original uh, GeForce 380s have problems ordering and they got sold out almost immediately. Uh, I was 20 minutes after the time of the time that they were supposed to start pre-ordering the Xbox and it was gone everywhere. <laughs> just gone. Just gone. And it was so bad that it even started crashing some of the websites. It crashed Microsoft's website a little bit. And everybody's getting on all of these people. They're getting on Microsoft. They're getting on Sony. They're getting on all these people about how bad these pre-orders were. And it's kind of funny because some of it's not them. Some of it, really the blame here is on the scalpers that are going crazy on this. And we know it's scalpers because we can already see on eBay where some of these, it was reported last week that 3080s are like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars over the cost of what they normally are. Uh, Xbox did send out a tweet, not too dissimilar from Sony's tweet, saying we're humbled by the record-breaking demand for the Xbox Series X and S. Huge thanks for everyone for the excitement. If you weren't successful today, be sure to sign up with resellers for updates and expect more consoles to be available November tenth. And that makes sense. Yeah. But on the other side of the coin here is that there is something with the manufacturers here that is, well, not to blame for like the excessive amount of purchasing that the bots did, but just the lack of transparency because of the super secret, oh my God, we can't let Sony know what's going on. And Sony's like, can't let Xbox know what's going on. And both of them are just saying, like Sony claims more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. Well, great. Yeah, I mean, better because they go on sale in November. Yeah. And it is important to remember that pre-orders are not the bulk of the sales. The bulk of the sales are going to be the <laughs> physical boxes going to the brick and mortar outlets. Yeah. Pre-orders are a small percentage. Nonetheless, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Verge article here. And it says, uh, you know, these manufacturers are saying this without offering any concrete details as to what that means, including how many through what retailers and whether those units will arrive on or before launch days or perhaps weeks or months later. Uh, Microsoft did the same thing Wednesday morning, saying more consoles will be available on November 10th without indication of where, including whether Microsoft means limited in-store options or more consoles for on 
uh, online retailers, uh, which makes sense because apparently tomorrow, Friday, the uh, 25th, that uh, GameStop is actually going to have more PlayStation 5s available for pre-order. So we're going to see how that goes as well. <laughs> we'll see if they have them or not. Oh, man. <clears throat> but to continue the pre-order woes, I think Bruno's got some updates for us. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, to, to start this, uh, for the discussion we've been having, everybody has done a really terrible job with pre-orders and initial sales on everything tech-related recently, at least in the gaming industry. Yeah. Uh, PS5, obviously, their pre-orders went live before they were supposed to. Um, Xbox um, went live and immediately all of their consoles were sold to mostly bots. Um, NVIDIA went live and everything almost all went to bots for the most part, including their primary, the, the NVIDIA website itself allowed open API calls so bots could just place mass purchases through this API without ever having to go through their horrible checkout system that takes literal minutes which is a long time if you have a payment set up on your account and everything yeah payment method and everything it still takes you minutes to get through um so everyone just did a terrible job and were destroyed by by bots for the releases funny enough the one who came out on top ended up being sony because sony actually messed up their pre-orders so bad that because they went live before everybody expected the bots weren't ready to purchase all their inventory which is why so many people seemingly got their hands on PlayStations, maybe not the people that were there waiting for it wanted it at that time, but still a lot of people I know managed to get a PlayStation simply because they noticed it prior to everybody else noticing that they went live early. Um, right. NVIDIA released their 3090s today, which for them it's worse than everybody else, right? Their 3080s came out over a week ago. That was a catastrophe. People are, were, are still now calling it a paper launch. Um, every manufacturer is behind. Asus has still not launched all of their cards because of manufacturing issues uh, is what's being reported so far, is, is what they're advising. They're like, we're coming, we're not ready yet, we will release when we're ready. Um, their 3090s also postponed. Everybody saw that coming. Obviously, if Asus isn't ready to release their 3080 cards, they're not releasing their 3090s. Um, NVIDIA said that they fixed their website and they they had released a statement saying that they apologized. Um, they did not try and take no fault. They said this was our fault. Um, we we didn't understand what we got ourselves into. We released this card. It was way more in demand than we believed. Bots purchased a lot of our oh, products. Really? Our website was not ready for this. Um, we are working to resolve that. So they said that they took steps Round throughout the two. last week. 3090s released today. Or, yeah, yes, yes, today. Um, I had some people who were trying to get it. I do have a friend who managed to get one. He paid money to a bot service to purchase it. That is how he got his. Um, So it worked for him. He got one card. So if you can't beat him, join him. He didn't go and buy like 10 of them. He just used it to buy the one, and it it worked. Um, EVGA did have stock for a while. NVIDIA's website suffered the same level as last time, but in a different way. Um, people ended up stuck in infinite loops trying to purchase the cards off of their website. 
where it just kept sending them in circles to try and purchase cards. You would click on a link to purchase the Founders Edition, and for some reason it would route you to like the Best Buy website and just keep kind of sending you all over the place. And a lot of people didn't get anything off their website after they finally finished going through the purchase loop. It would turn them back to the store screen, and lo and behold, everything was sold out within like a minute. Um, so I lose my damn mind. New Egg sold out, Best Buy sold out, all of them sold out within like a minute. EVGA lasted a little while because EVGA has seemingly implemented a policy where it's one per billing address, which is something that I had discussed <laughs> in our last go. stream. So that did work. However, I recently, as in within the last 30 minutes, was reading through some messages I was receiving in an article. EVGA 3080s have started to arrive in cardboard boxes, but not wrapped in their individual packaging, meaning that they were loose in just bubble wrap. So people are reporting that EVGA seems to be rush sending out their cards, not packaged in official packaging. It's just oh my God. bubble wrapped with a seal from EVGA around the bubble wrap and then put inside of a box. So it seems EVGA, wow. I mean, EVGA made it very clear that they also weren't ready from a manufacturing standpoint. So this, the, the sales of the cards were just pushed out. And then to add insult to injury, the you know CEO of NVIDIA has been touting the 3090 as like the next leap in video gaming uh, GPUs, um, a card that 8K. essentially will work for 8K, which, I mean, that statement is already bullshit, in my opinion, because 8K <laughs> gaming is just not an actual thing yet. No matter how much everybody wants it to be, it's just not there. Companies aren't ready to provide games that are in 8K. There is a very, very select amount of them, and the ones that do exist are mostly optimized horribly. So, right. yeah, and there's a lot just, of I mean, the, the benchmarks, a lot of the benchmarks that have been coming out on this thing doing 8k is it's like 30 and sub yeah 30 frames per second and dropping down a lot less the best game that it ran consistent. on and this the, the staple they used to display how good their card was was doom doom is a terrible game to use there's a lot of videos you can watch out there doom is one of the best optimized games that have come yes. out in recent times like it was ported to the switch with little to no effort and runs fairly smooth on a switch so the yeah. the fact that they're claiming that that is somehow a benchmark is terrible. First of all, anybody buying a card for 8K gaming is an enthusiast who probably has never played a game in 30 FPS in probably the last like <laughs> 10 years. They're like 120 frames minimum or bust. And now you're telling these people, here's this card for 15 to $1,800 that is literally $1,000 more in some cases than its counterpart, the 3080, and it performs on average 10 to 15% better in 4K gaming, which is feasible now and is you know widely used for the most part, and then performs not at all in 8K. There's just no card right now that runs well in 8K. And, and, and then, performs the same in 1080 correct. as the 3080 does. Um, essentially, and I think, yeah, go ahead. I, th I think one of the interesting things about it that was apparently notated in early marketing from NVIDIA, but then got dropped when they got like really stuck on this 8K thing was that the 3090 was really a replacement for the Titan series. And the Titan series video cards were always these high-end video cards. They weren't meant for gaming. They were high memory cards and they were meant for developers working <clears throat> in 3D rendering software. And it was non-optimized. It was like early in the whole development process. They were later going to optimize. Again, like you said, Doom. Doom isn't a bad game. 
it's a bad game to show benchmarks on because it's such a good game and so well optimized. Correct. And the the whole idea of the Titans in the past was like, here's it is for developers. You're working in, you know, Blender and these other 3D manufacturing, your 3D development tools that you need this high level of memory initially as you're developing these assets. And that's kind of what the 3090 was. It's a replacement for the, the Titan series. It's got high level of memory and it, it, it apparently from the few benchmarks I've seen does really well for that. It does well in Blender, you know, rendering these complex 3D things that aren't quite optimized yet and just need a ton of memory. They have, I think, 24 gig of memory on the 3090s, 4K gaming. And this is based on the games that are out there right now. Typically, 4K gaming right now to load the textures in and do the stuff the card needs to do needs about four to six gig of RAM. Yeah. That's it. It is definitely a workstation card that is misbranded as a gaming card because mm-hmm. their marketing department and even the CEO just let it run away with that. And it is, yeah, it's a 20 gig um, uh, DDR6X, I think is what they said, isn't it? Yeah, DDR6X. Um, which is amazing. That's, that's I mean, that's a lot, but it's it's a lot for rendering. That's what you want. For gaming right now, it just, it because six, or 8K, which is not really 8K. There's a really good videos of that that describes how current 8K is is BS. It's not actual 8K gaming, and that's not what you're getting. Um, it's just it's just not there. It's just not ready. And for them to tout things like this is a card that can future-proof your build is uh, it just they kind of threw themselves into this issue. So in between the sales issues with for, like their same day, you know, their current day release is failing terribly. And the fact yeah. that they misbranded this card so terribly, um, they're not having a great go of it. Also, um, they have been touting about that the manufacturing of 3080s is going quickly and all these customers are going to be getting their cards soon. Retailers are going to be receiving cards every day. Since they've said that, almost every single card that exists for the 3080 series from every manufacturer has not come in sale. As a matter of fact, the majority of the cards that have come in sale in the last week and a half have been new additions, as in cards that had not been released by the manufacturers yet. Gigabyte released a new right. card. Zotac released one new card. Um, and I think PNY released two new cards. Those have been the only ones that have come in stock and instantly come out of stock. Um, and the retailers aren't... There's, there's a comment to be said. The scalpers are definitely at fault. I don't necessarily agree that they're the primary issue because... We know that they exist. They're just emboldened now by the fact that these retailers don't care that they're selling to them. And I don't think yeah. NVIDIA is necessarily at fault um, with reference to botters. I mean, they, they're trying to correct their website. Whatever they did broke it in a different way that made it worse. But at least the issues they caused did make some of their cards go to people still. So they, they try, they're trying to correct the issue. But Newegg and Best yeah. Buy have done nothing to circumvent this issue. Uh, Newegg actually doubled down on it, they have repeatedly said that their bot protection is in place and their cards are going to real people. Even after these people who paid $75 for a botting service posted pictures of their purchase orders for 14 plus to 30 orders of cards off of Newegg, proving that it was bots, they still claim that they have done everything great and everything has released as intended to human <laughs> purchasers, which is wild. 
Um, but yeah, essentially the footnotes on that are both releases for the 30 and 3090 were abysmal, um, horribly managed by the retailers, taken advantage of by scalpers. Uh, NVIDIA has not had great answers on manufacturing. They just say that they're working on it. Um, and the 3090 is a $1,700 um, essential brick for the for a gamer it's just not useful uh, if you're looking for a card the 3080 is great at its price point it is better yes. than its predecessor for a cheaper price i mean 700 dollars for a card that has um 10 gigabytes of ddr uh, 6x um mm -hmm. virtual memory the, the everything on that card is great it's a fantastic card especially at the price i assume it's going to be gone within two months and replaced by uh its successor which will probably be the 3080 ti um, which is probably going to cost you an additional three hundred to six hundred dollars more for like an additional like four gigs of of VRAM. Um, so it's, that'll be interesting. It's just more proof. It's just more proof of what we said. Wait for the reviews. Don't pre-order this stuff. And uh, well, you can't even order have... this stuff at this point, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, some. I mean, like 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 Bruno said, he's got a friend who's got a thirty ninety coming, and that sounds kind of scary. Um, you know, don't pre-order this, wait for the reviews. And there's even the AMD big Navi coming out, which it keeps going back and forth. People are like leaking stuff. Oh, it's weaker than the NVIDIA cards. And then other, other stuff said, oh no, it's, it's, it's equal or better. So wait till it comes out. Yeah. Look what the competition does. Make an informed decision. AMD big Navi, their first card per the leaks looks like it'll be 10% weaker or so than the 3080. However, it's AMD. So it'll be 10% weaker and 35% less the cost. And yeah. all they have to really we'll do is have the release not suck as bad as NVIDIA's. And <laughs> right. they'll have a good year in their GPU war, um, which is not a huge bar to jump over. It's like sitting on the ground. They just have to step over it. <laughs> they literally have to trip yeah. and fall into failure to pull this one off. So we'll see what happens in October. <laughs> yeah, well... Enough of this like bad and mediocre news that we got here. Let's get on to some good news. Let's get on to the most exciting thing that we do for our main stories. That's right. It's time. It's Zeissia's Cyberpunk 2077 update of the week. So yeah, it's that time. Obviously, last week, I didn't have much, and we said that the night CityWire uh, Episode 3 would be coming out on the Friday. Uh, our episode was obviously last Thursday when we do record this, so uh, I had a chance to go through and actually watch the night CityWire uh, Episode 3 along with a few other details, but if you watch the Episode 3, what they did talk about was uh, they kind of gave you a little view of the city. Uh, they they, they kind of dove into Night City, let you see the different aspects of it. They talked about there's different districts, uh, districts and different. Uh, it, it's supposed to be each different. Uh, each district is has its own kind of unique feel. And they said that it's not like in most games where you go through one district, you've seen them all. It's really detailed in the sense of there's there's really like almost like culture. Like you can tell that buildings were built on other buildings and how 
uh, businesses have come up on top of other businesses. And you can really tell by the, the like the uh, aesthetic that you can tell there's like history there. There's something to the city uh, in that district. And then like they said every single district is different. And they said there's uh, many alleyways you can go through that potentially you, know, you could come across a fight. It could come across a really random uh, kind of like a side quest. Uh, you can maybe even find a hidden elevator that maybe goes through one of the main buildings downtown that kind of cuts you over as a shortcut to the next district. Uh, so a lot they of that's street names. What's that? They have street names for every one of the streets. Yeah. Like it's, so it's, when you're, when you're playing with your friends and you're like, Oh, I'm in, you know, new Japan district on Poplar street. They know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like they, they've, the, the level designer, senior level designer they're talking during the night city wire. He's basically saying like, you know, we really tried to take the next level of really trying. He's like immersion is one of the words that always thrown around, but he said, it's not really that mm-hmm. it's really just really diving in. Apparently they even placed trash. Like they were the ones like they said rubbish, but they were literally the ones like going through and placing like trash and just Damn. different parts of the levels to make sure that it made sense. Like there was like little mini stories essentially that were, were being told at each little area that they were doing. Um, so that's the first part of the video. The second part, they talked about the gangs. There, there's three parts, actually. But the second part, they talked about the different gangs. And the different gangs of uh, Night City are definitely wild. Uh, I would definitely recommend go check the video out. There's, there's, All of them have a different type of look and a different, uh, almost like a motive that they have with uh, the city. And obviously that's something. What's that? Backstories. Oh, yeah. Backstories, the lore. There's actually a, a website you can go to. It's like uh, nightcity.love, I think it is. And uh, yes. you can actually bring up their like lore page of just different. It's almost like a web page for Night City, but it's it's just all lore. It's and, like an uh, ARG. So they're, they're obviously taking this to like the next level. They're really trying to involve more of like the RPG lore side, which they mentioned before. This is not a first person shooter first. This is literally an RPG that mm-hmm. happens to have FPS elements. And they're really showing that. Uh, so actually, there was a there was a quote from uh, a senior quest designer, uh, Patrick Mills, who mentions because people started asking, like, you know, how crazy is it going to be? You know, and uh, he said, uh, we do know that the main story run in Cyberpunk 2077 is slightly shorter than The Witcher 3. Uh, Mills said mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot of complaints about Witcher 3's main story just being too long. And looking at the metrics, you'll see tremendous numbers of people play through the game really far, but never make it to the end. We want you to see the whole story, see so we did shorten the main story. We have lots to do. And in terms of a, of a completionist campaign, I just don't have the numbers. Uh, but with that being said, like he he did say he they recognized Witcher 3 being so vast and how, how big that game is with a lot of the different uh, quests and things you can pick up that they understand that. And they're going to make this shorter. Not saying this game is going to be short, just shorter than The Witcher 3. And, and I think one of obviously the- for him not even have a number seems kind of wild because there's probably just so much. Well, I, I think one of the cool things there is, is he was saying that like the mainline story is shorter, but there's plenty of stuff around it for the people who want to keep going or who want to take their time in the mainline story that the people that want a longer experience can have a longer experience. Yeah. And that, and that's huge for a lot of the, the news that we're talking about. So the third part of this, which was something that we kind of talked about Kind of hint, they kind of hinted at last week and some of the articles we had read and uh, obviously it came out finally as uh, as a PC player role, we're all like well what's the what's the requirements we have to know the requirements for this uh, which they did reveal at the Night City Wire episode three uh, and they said the the minimum requirements 
which is, you know, we at least want to see if we're going to stack up. Hopefully most of us can at least play the game. And it's actually pretty low. Like the bar, like they said for minimum specs, which I, I'd like to see this, but the minimum specs is a Core i5 uh, or a GTX 780 or an RX uh, 470, uh, four gigs of RAM uh, or four gigs of virtual RAM, eight gigs of onboard RAM, uh, 70 gigs of storage. So 70 gigs, they're saying this game is only 70 gigs and then at least Windows 7 or Windows 10. So even though Windows 7 is out of life, if you do have that, you can still potentially run this. Uh, but the recommended specs that they do have is uh, Core i7 or Ryzen 3, comparable or higher. Uh, GTX 10, uh, 1060 with an 6 gigabits of RAM. An i7 4790, so six generations ago. Yeah, like... This, these are not like this is recommended too. These are not these are not top yeah. of the line specs. I mean, so GTX 1060 six gig or the R9 Fury, uh, 12 gigs of onboard RAM, 70 gigabytes. Uh, they said they said you can have an HDD, but they obviously recommend solid state. They want you to, to be able to load things faster. And then obviously Windows 10. Uh, and obviously we've seen in the past, they've already showed us what this game looks like on a 3080, like with the ray tracing and everything, too. So we know this game can be super beautiful. It's just a matter of, you know, what part that you're at to, to be able to play this game. So uh, that's that's super interesting and super and uh, exciting. I can't wait. We're still, you know, a couple of weeks uh, pretty much out. And uh, that's pretty much what we have right now. So with that being said, uh, we're going to take a moment to uh, listen to a word from our sponsors. So hang tight. We'll be right back with you. And we're back. So this is our segment on our short stories that we're going to try to go through pretty quickly because they're short. We'll see how that goes. We say this every week and it's just a, a, a terrible thing we do. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so this first article comes from our roaming, uh, roaming reporter Tickle. Uh, he reports an uh, uh, article with uh, Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, they are a festival that does mostly movies and things like that to start with. Uh, what they've actually announced recently is that they're going to bring in, they're going to add video games to the official selection, uh, which is obviously crazy. Uh, so they said video games will be added to the Tribeca Film Festival program of official selections in 2021. Uh, they revealed on Thursday. Uh, they basically said they're going to be, they're going to start with a, uh, well, the, the chosen projects will be also eligible for new honor. They recognize games that are to distribute, uh, demonstrate artistic excellence in storytelling. Uh, because obviously gaming is, there's like, like we said earlier, like with uh, The Last of Us and things like that, those games are really good on the story level. And it, it is mostly like watching a movie. I mean, a lot of these games you're playing now, you're really not doing much. Even The Witcher, it's like you're playing that and it's, but you're really just playing a movie. Like, well, I mean, even these days you can, look up on YouTube the game that you want to see yeah. and you will find YouTube channels that are like, oh, here's all the cutscenes and the story of the game yeah. in order. And you just watch it like a movie. Right. So alongside that, they said they're going to have a new advisory board of game and film veterans that obviously are going to be going forward, which this is the interesting part is that they they actually got video game journalist uh, uh, Jeff uh, Knightley, uh, video game developer Hideo Kojima, for Death Stranding and also used to be part of Kojima uh, or Konami. Uh, we also have uh, other people named like John Ferru, which is, you know, guys who makes like Iron Man and all those other movies. Uh, also, you know, used to be an actor, things like that. Uh, and also EA's co-founder, uh, uh, Bing Gordon, uh, along with some other few people that are in the industry as well. So they're, they're really going to be reaching out to having a lot of big name people that are all different aspects of the video game community to be a part of this, uh, 
this panel as well. Uh, they said they always wanted to strive to bring artists and diverse uh, audience to, uh, together to celebrate storytelling in all its form. And it's incredible to see how game to uh, create game creators develop this immersive worlds with their own unique stories, characters, lore and languages, and their work should be celebrated. So uh, this isn't the first time they've recognized video games. They did recognize in 2011 uh, rockstar uh, they did for uh, LA noir, which was actually a really neat game. A uh, very good story for that as well. Uh, but that was the first time that was selected. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see what we go forward with uh, the new games being added to the selection of uh, potential highlights there. So, Yep. <laughs> so Disintegration. Yeah, with uh, another story that came up is Disintegration, which was a sci-fi shooter that released not too long ago. Uh, it was kind of released from the co-creator of halo um is shutting down all of its multiplayer modes already just uh months after its initial release uh it didn't get like it didn't get the attention that it needed which makes sense because i only vaguely remember hearing about this game a long time ago and then forgot all about it until this news article came up it, so it didn't it didn't do well i don't know uh, apparently i watched some reviews um throughout the last few hours essentially and the game doesn't look bad, and the reviews weren't terrible for it. There, you know, there was some things that people said were lacking, but a lot of the reviews said that the game was was pretty decent. Like it was, it was a good game. Just it, I don't know if it was a marketing issue or whatnot, why it didn't get a lot of traction. But they have decided yeah. to shut down all the multiplayer modes for the game, and they have already taken the first step, which is disabling all online stores from uh from selling anything for the game so there's no more cosmetics that are purchasable or anything of the sort um, yeah they've cited that they don't want to essentially spin their wheels or work on something that doesn't have the followership behind it that it really deserves or needs to uh to wow. exist for much longer it's like the chris rock based grand opening <laughs> grand closing exactly <laughs> yeah right based on that sounds like the single player isn't gonna like be around uh, for if it had requires any online component, that's uh, not going to be around for too much. I've I've seen it in two different packs. They had huge booth. Uh, Disintegrator is this. It's kind of weird. It's it's got some RTS elements, but and it's got some first person shooter elements. Except that you're in this like craft that is floating up above the battlefield, and you're commanding the people down the battlefield to go do things, but then you can also like shoot and disintegrate things. But the focus is mostly on having your people do things and you're commanding them and you can like hover higher and hover lower. And if you hover higher then sometimes you're more of a target, the reviews I seen were kind of middling were kind of, I don't want to say spongy response, but that's kind of part of what I remember. But a lot of it is like, it just didn't seem any reason for you to be hovering above it. Yeah, just and listening to you just, explain it doesn't make any sense to me. I haven't seen anything about this game at all. <laughs> right. Uh, I think I have a picture somewhere of the of this of this hovercraft that you're in uh, the, uh, live at PAX. But yeah, it's that's a it's just proof that not every video game is suddenly going to become a big hit just because everybody's sitting at home because of COVID, you still have to have a solid game that people want to play. Yep. And the people know about. 
Yeah, I didn't even know about this game. Uh, speaking of games that are known about, that most people would probably know since we talk about this a lot, Xbox Game Pass uh, obviously has a huge library, which is going to even be even bigger now, coming soon, uh, with a lot of new things. Which, like I said, even some of the new deals they're talking about, they've already added some of those games to the library. Like, you go today, like I went last night, new games are popping up, new launch, new launch. And uh, so that's interesting enough. But a Kotaku article, they actually had, uh, he said... He, he wanted to try, one of the reporters there, wanted to try to see what the new, uh, the Western Digital WD Black D10 game drive uh, for the Xbox, it's an external hard drive for the Xbox One, it's a 12 terabyte drive, uh, 7200 RPM, and he just wanted to test it out, so the best way he thought about doing that was to just see if he could download the full library of the Xbox Game Pass, and it's somewhere around like 250 games, and he says, obviously, in this article, like uh, his ISP is probably really pissed at him for doing this. But he <laughs> was able to download every single game. And the number is actually surprising. The number is only 4.5 terabytes. So he had only 7.5 terabytes remaining still of this 12 terabyte drive. So to download the full library of Xbox Game Pass currently is only 4.5 terabytes. So I thought that only. was interesting. Only you say when we just were talking about, well, we were talking about higher end SSDs, but still that 12 terabyte WD black, I'm sure is not inexpensive itself. Yeah. Uh, and it's fairly large. Uh, speaking of large things, we finally, because of some pictures that got leaked, I believe from Taiwan, we finally got some pictures giving a better idea of the size of the PlayStation five. And it's absolutely hilarious because when you talk about big consoles, everybody knows the meme tastic original Xbox penny arcade did a comic where they were playing a game on these giant Xbox controllers that were like in their laps that were huge. And you actually had to pay attention because in the comic, they were actually not sitting on the couch. They were sitting on a giant Xbox hmm. console because the original console was just so ginormous that it's just meme after meme after this big console. Believe it or not, the PlayStation 5, based off of these pictures, looks like it's actually bigger than the original Xbox console. So it's it's kind of hard to tell, and they're not lined up on the edge, so you kind of got to guesstimate. And this is in millimeters because it's outside the U.S. But they have, you know, the general width of it, and they have both sides, which gives you both the depth and really even a little bit of, like, how high it is. The original Xbox was 320 by 100 by 260 millimeters, which in Imperial units is about 12.5 inches in width, four inches high and 10.5 inches of depth. It looks like the new PlayStation five is 370. So another 50 millimeters there by about 100 millimeters, about the same height and by about 270 millimeters, a little bit deeper. That's right. It looks like it's 14.5 inches wide. 
two whole more inches than the giant Xbox back in the past. Actually, 14.5. That's that's pretty huge. Uh, again, four inches tall, give or take, and about 10.6 inches of depth compared to 10.5 inches of depth. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting seeing those those pictures with, uh, you know, a ruler next to them to get some idea of how big that console is actually going to be. Yeah, that's pretty huge. It's okay. Huge. It looks cool. So it's fine. Also, somebody breaks into my house. It might be one of the last things they steal. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. So, um, The uh, the next thing we're going to talk about uh, also has to do with sizes, uh, amusingly enough, and it comes once again back with the PlayStation. Um, the sizes for uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Demon Souls have been announced um, for the initial Oof. release of essentially the PS5, um, and they're they're large, but I guess what you expect of games nowadays. Uh, in total, for both of them you'll total up to 171 gigs of storage space, uh, which uh, one of the big things about this is obviously Sony is releasing a digital version of their console, which only has 825 gigabytes of space, meaning that this is taking roughly 20% of the space that you have available on your system. And then, of course, with future releases, I mean, at this point, Call of Duty is, you know, what, 200 gigs? All said and done with 250, both game modes. I think it was. Yeah. So it, it's a lot Ugh. of space being taken by these games for uh, limited um, availability and space on your actual console, uh, which which has essentially come up now. Like, what 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 will people do going forward? Um, there's there's a lot of just general discussion behind what will happen with, I guess, both consoles in relation to where you're going to store all of your games, especially with digital versions being right. announced. Um, I personally don't think it's a huge issue. I ran with a 500 gig version for so long of uh, the PlayStation, and you just have to understand that you're going to have to delete your games. It's one of the downsides of being a console gamer. If yeah. you want to buy digitally, you're not going to have all your games really available for you. Obviously, having fiber internet lightens or lessens the blow for you, um, and there are mm -hmm. luxury additions, I guess you could say, for your consoles with... Uh, the additional storage space that you can upgrade to and external hard drives that'll be usable. Um, but nonetheless, for initial day release, you're looking at a lot of use out of the space that you have available to you for this console for two games that undoubtedly most people will purchase. Well, at least one that everybody will purchase because I think Spider-Man's going to be a pretty sought-after title right out the gate. Yeah. Um, Demon Souls. It'll be on mine. Yeah, well, I don't know about everybody it, else. I won't be on mine. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and uh, the Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, if you get, there's a higher, it's it's like $40 for the original one. You can pay a little bit more and you get Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and a remastered version of the original Spider-Man from the PlayStation 4. Oh, wow. So that might be a popular one. Although, interestingly enough, you cannot port forward your save file from the previous Spider-Man to the remastered one. Mm. So it's kind of a weird design decision there. Well, I guess I'll have to it start all weird. over again. 
Too bad. <laughs> That'll be hard for you. Yeah. <clears throat> so I talked about last week how Rocket League going this week would be going free to play, which is something that we've all been hearing about. It's a huge move for Psyonix to do that. Partnering up with Epic uh, as far as going to be free to play on the Epic platform. Uh, they already announced uh, mixtures of Fortnite coming into uh, into Rocket League as well. So the Fortnite bus is going to be the llama bus or whatever they call it. It's going to be actually one of the cars, I guess, coming up in an update they're going to have. Uh, they cool. also, yeah, they also said that uh, if you were, since it's free to play, if you were to pick it up uh, now on the Epic Store uh, for free, that you would get free a free ten dollar. Uh, uh, credit basically in the game for you to purchase any of the new car skins or anything that you want to use for inside the game just to just to pick it up now until like the promotion part period is over uh so Bribery. obviously yeah so obviously this is huge news for for rocket league and with that you're obviously thinking well the numbers are probably greater so i started playing rocket league 2015 i remember you know a few years after that we've still been playing and I remember getting excited when we saw 75,000 people online. We were like, oh, my God, there's 75,000 people playing this. And then it went to like 100,000. We're like, oh, my God, we broke 100,000 today. And then it was like 230,000 like when they started doing esports. And it was really like uh, esport league. People were playing and all these you know, things are going on. We're like, this is crazy. Well, after Rocket League announced they were free to play on the Epic Store, they surpassed 1.2 million players. Oddly enough, not really oddly, I went to play Rocket League today during my lunch break, and guess what? The servers were down. So, of course, as they've announced, the game did surpass 1.2 million players. As of yesterday, as soon as the game went online, hit that number, servers started crashing. Uh, obviously, it's carried wow. over to today. I know it's been up at some point today, and it was down, obviously, during the time I was looking. Uh, I don't know if it's currently up right now, but the point is, uh, this is something that obviously Psyonix and Epic weren't really expecting. I don't know why. I mean, it's already popular. Like, you would think you'd get your servers in line. This happens to every game. I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but obviously, they're working on it, and we'll see what happens to that. But uh, if you are interested in picking it up, like I said, Epic, it's free. You can get a free $10 in-game purchase for it and uh, and check it out. So. One of our other stories That's... today comes from somewhat Epic Games introducing the discussion, but definitely not just solely Epic Games' problem. Is uh, There's a new report that's come out that um, essentially the article details that stolen Fortnite accounts are part of uh, an over-billion-dollar black market kind of setup. So a lot of accounts now... Me. What's that? Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. The the market for stolen video game accounts, and this is not specific to Fortnite, though Fortnite is a big contributor, um, is just is just booming. When you think about the value of some of these accounts, I mean, Fortnite accounts that have season passes that have long since gone away um, add value to these accounts. And there's an investigation going on into just how big this literal industry goes. Um, some of these, in this specific article... Um, from GameSpot, they discussed talking to one of the sellers, and the sellers advises that Fortnite accounts sell for um, a lot of the times roughly $250 or more um, because of, obviously, the cost of skins or the limited edition of skins because, you know, they, they come and go. Um, and this is not exclusive, again, to Fortnite. you got to think League of Legends. you got to think Hearthstone. I mean, Hearthstone backings, cards... World of Warcraft accounts. You, if you can think Diablo of a 3. game 
that has an account. Rocket League, CSGO. Um, Definitely anything Blizzard related. uh, Those accounts are pretty well sought after. If the account's been old enough, it's got enough uh, (laughs) Havo. Like Hotel, right? I think is somebody in chat brought up Havo, which I believe is an old, an older game like Havo Hotel. But yeah, like if you can think of an online game, it is probably part of this massive, uh, essentially black market industry of just selling in the billions of just accounts either obtained through data breaches or phishing scams, etc. Um, and I, I'm willing to bet that Fortnite is a large contributor to that market, even though specifically Epic Games' stance on the selling of accounts is that it's um, forbidden. You cannot do it, which is generally everybody's stance. I mean, um, Riot Games has a specific stance in their terms of service that you are not to share your account with any other person, let alone sell your account. Um, having somebody log into your account to play is a permanent bannable offense. So, Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because like, even with Rocket League, this was one of the big deals about going to free-to-play is that with that, they announced that everything that you'd basically purchase at this point would now be free. Like you could just pick that up and you would, anybody can play with the cards and everything, which had all been purchased before. And I literally, I mentioned this before. I literally have friends who were like, we called them day traders. They would literally sit on the game and day trade keys for custom items. Because at the time loot boxes, the loot crates you could get could just spawn whatever you just randomly could have and potentially could be worth, you know, $2,000 online. So uh, that's kind of going away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've covered that before, too. Of like thousands of dollars to the point where there were gambling rings for it, essentially. So, yeah, obviously, these mm-hmm. accounts carry value, some in the hundreds, some in the thousands. I mean, my League of Legends account, if I go and do the skin value, comes out to somewhere around twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So. Diablo three was another big one. I remember back in the the initial days before the, the big update. That was another thing that people would be buying accounts for. So it's it's funny how. This is sort of coming to light now, but it still is like you said, like they're doing an investigation. This is still so sub level that they don't really understand the the amount of gambling that not necessarily kids are doing, adults are doing, but just the fact that all of this is existing and it has been existing for such a long time. And it's really they're just barely mm-hmm. scraping the surface. Hopefully and more comes of it. It would be nice to have loot boxes disappear. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. I mean, Rocket League did their thing with uh, now they have blueprints. So you get to see what you're gambling on. And now it's kind of but it takes away. I was talking to somebody else the other day. It's like it takes away the the essential lottery. Like you get to like just hopefully find it. So he was like because this guy was like really excited about like th- that was the why he was so, so excited about was because the, the the chance of winning something. But now he's like, it's boring. I already know what I get. Like there's no chance. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's the science. That's the science behind loot boxes. And yep. that's, you know, again, something we've talked about before is these loot boxes are one of the reasons why the price of games has stayed stable for 15 years and may go up with this new generation or may go up with only certain titles with this new generations because they found another source of revenue and the psychology of gambling is very much embedded in how these loot boxes work. Like you said, super exciting uh, but if you know what you're already going to get, yeah, it takes away from the excitement. Yep. It's... So speaking of things that you may not already know, uh, obviously we talked about this before. We played this on Game of the Moment. Among Us is a huge sensation right now 
on streaming and, and everybody, everybody. I look at my friends list. There's probably like 10 people a night playing among us because it's just so popular. And uh, the interesting part about all this is that the game isn't new. Like this game came out in 2018. It has been sitting around mm-hmm. for a long time. And and just now it's I guess basically because of probably the the Rona economy hashtag. The uh, <laughs> that people are obviously home and wanting to do things online. And it's a very good, a very good game to do social uh, interaction with. And that sense of like a virtual reality kind of thing. And uh, so the the team had been making, they had already had the the plans of making Among Us 2 uh, for, you know, coming out for a while now. And that was kind of before they really got the influx of the, the users actually wanting to play Among Us. And uh, this actually, this article was actually submitted by my wife, Rebe, which is interesting that she found an article today. She was like excited about it. And I was like, that's crazy. Send it to me. And uh, yes, appreciate that. So, uh, Basically, with that being said, uh, they, they the developers came out. They said uh, Inner Sloth is the developer. They said they came out and we've decided to cancel Among Us 2 and instead put all our focus in improving Among Us 1. Uh, all of the content we had planned for Among Us 2 will instead now go into Among Us 1. So that's actually exciting to hear that they're going to be obviously working on an active game because that was we played it and it was one of the things that we talked about. It wasn't super polished, but we're like, hey, they're going to make a second one. And then all of a sudden it blew up and we're like, oh, God, what's happening? Uh, so upon that announcing the se- uh, sequel last month, Intersloth noted that the original game was not created to be this big. And as a result, it was extremely hard to add more things in without breaking existing things. And if anybody's into coding or any kind of game development, you're, you're very familiar that, you know, sometimes it's better just to leave things alone just to make it work as opposed to trying to, to fix other things. Right. And, uh, so seems like there's, they're still working on it. They're, they're going to be adding a lot more to it. Hopefully just servers and getting the functionality better would be a great step, uh, which it seems like they've already done it's, a little bit of that. It's two years old. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been blown up like crazy recently, but it was released June 15th, 2018. And has been sitting out there with, you know, I'm sure some followers, but blew up recently. So, yeah, I would imagine that it probably is easier to start from scratch. But, uh, you know, if if they think that they can uh, bring some of that into this first one, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, Uh, I'm 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 looking forward to what they put into it. And maybe we played as game of the moment another time. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely fun. Uh, I guess we still have tons of people on my friends list that are still playing it. Yeah, I've played roughly. uh, 40 some odd hours of it, I think around there. Wow. Yeah. I seen you stream that a bit. So, so speaking of things that have like blown up, uh, and not even within the last two years, can you pet the dog? (laughs) That's right. There is this Twitter account out there that the whole concept is, can you pet the dog in the game? And this Twitter account started March 2019. So it's not, it's a year and a half old. I like how you're doing this and as you're petting the cat, which is also yeah, well, a different. That was on purpose. This <laughs> is also like, a like different. Just spoil the immersion oh, there. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, they have almost 500,000, they have 442,000 followers in a year and a half, which is pretty amazing for a Twitter account. And believe it or not, I'm not even here to talk about Can You Pet the Dog, the Twitter account, but it's because of them that Humble Bundle created a bundle, and there's six more days left on this bundle, but Humble Humble Bundle created the 
Can You Pet the Dog Bundle? <laughs> That's awesome. Which includes games where obviously you're going to be able to pet the dog and or cat. Uh, so you got like Scribble Knots Unlimited, Beyond Eyes, Dog Sled Saga, Bulb Boy. All of that comes in at the $1 mark. Uh, if you bring that down, bring that up to just under $5, you add Shanume uh, 1 and 2, which you can absolutely put a cat in there. Uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine and Death's Gambit. And if you bring it all the way up to the $12 mark, they will add Blair Witch. Not as I see a game. Definitely not a Mike game will not play that game, but you can pet a game in there. I pet a dog in there. I mean, that's, that's just crazy that in Blair, I, it blows my mind that in Blair Witch, this complete horror game that somewhere in there is this Zen moment where you can see a dog and just come up and pet the dog and forget about all the bad things that are going on around you. Yeah. As what happens when we pet our dog or our cat. And I, I do want to take uh, a moment to mention if you're not familiar with Humble Bundle, Humble Bundle is a website that sells games. They partner with a lot of different game makers. And the, the unique part about Humble Bundle is that they, when you purchase, like he's saying, these are bundles that you can unlock at a certain price. A lot of the bundles mm-hmm. they do are you pay, you name a price. We'll unlock this bundle for you. You can pay a dollar. You can pay a hundred dollars, whatever you want to do. You can pay uh, more. Yeah, yeah, you could. you can totally do that. But the part that is really unique with them is they they split their earnings with their obviously themselves. They take a percent. They also split their earnings with developers that make the game. And then they also split it with a charity. And they, they definitely announce all of this on the page. And the really unique part is when you're going to buy the game and whatever purchase that you're going to donate technically for, uh, there's sliders and you can adjust the slider for how much you want to put the percentage in. So if you want to pay more to the developer, you can, or if you want to pay more to the charity, you can, or if you want to give it all to humble bundle, you can. Uh, so they're, they're really a really nice website. That's really been doing, I picked up many games from humble bundle, probably more than I even need to, but my library is ridiculous, but it's just, it's so cheap and you could do this and they, they're not, and they're not only limited to video games. They also have, uh, if you're into books. learning technology, they have books, they have all kinds of different things, even uh, Linux things we were looking at. I know there was uh, a couple things I picked up from that and, uh, they just, they have a lot, even 3d printing models like you could have to, to download for different, uh, STL files and such. So they, they do have a vast have s- library and it's really interesting and really neat what they do. They have a new bundle of the forgotten realms, uh, uh, Drist series that they have a humble bundle. So they have uh, like 12 eBooks for D and D forgotten realms that you can read. Uh, but you can see that appropriately enough this time, uh, it's small text. So I'll read it out for you. The charities for this pet, the dog bundle are sweet farm, uh, which has a little picture of a cow and a, uh, what looks like a dog in front of the cow. So, or cat, uh, and farms do need cats. That's for sure. Uh, they need some mousers. Uh, also the humane society for the United States is one of the charities and best friends, animal society. So not only do you get to get a set of games where you can pet the dog and some soundtracks as bonuses, but part of your contribution, depending on, you know, however much you want to put in there is going to go to these charities that help some of these animals out. 
And to be clear, we're not sponsored by Humble Bundle. I know that may have just sounded like no. a PSA. It's just something that we're both, We I know all of us are passionate with, but we all definitely bought games from Humble Bundle. So it's just, I want to throw that out there. It's something really neat. It's not like we're getting, you know, sponsorship uh, from that. I've been part of the Humble Monthly Pack for legitimately, I think since the service started, actually. <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm grandfathered into their old it. plan, which now it's not Humble Bundle Monthly, it's Humble Choice. Um, mm-hmm. And legitimately, I own a lot of the games they release because I'm not patient enough to wait for things to release. I'll just buy them. One of the greatest things about Humble Monthly, or what is now Humble Choice, that I'll do, and I guess it's kind of a cheap way of doing things, but it works. I have a lot of friends that I've gamed with Maybe I've never met them in real life, but I game with them for, you know, years, decades, some of them. So I'll check the wish lists that they have on Steam, like, months in advance, and I'll just keep setting aside the game keys. And then when Christmas rolls around, I'll just send them game keys for it. Because it costs me, like, $10 a month to get, like, 20 to 30 people games from their wish list. Noted. I'm going to start adding stuff to my wish list. Noted. All right. Yeah, do it. (laughs) So that brings us to the end of our short stories. And uh, typically, you know, we cover we we go through uh, the section where we're going to cover emails. Uh, actually, we have an email this week, so I'm going to read this. And this is exciting. Uh, so this came from an anonymous person. They were, they were asked to remain anonymous. And this actually covers back to our episode 12 uh, regarding GTA and Rockstar. Uh, we talked about the the like the cheaters were basically getting uh, hacked or ba- a band account up uh, the uh, banned accounts and also are taking clearing their money out of their accounts. And this was based on that. It says I was enjoying GTA five online for months in its height. Uh, There were many people cheating and dropping random money and even forcing adding money into everyone's account on the server at times. One night I had this happen. Someone entered the server I was on and gifted like 40 million to everyone, everyone's account on that server. Since you can't really drop 40 million on the ground in GTA, I just kept it, bought cards and stuff. Mind you, I had about 20 million in my account before this even happened. A couple of weeks later, I logged in to find that Rockstar had wiped my bank account. Not even a message. My account was just at zero. I knew what they did, but damn. What pissed me off the most was that not only did they take what fake money that they, uh, fake money they felt I didn't earn, but also wiped out would have uh, would have been weeks of me in-game progress by wiping my previous money as well. I literally uninstalled uninstalled right there. And I know they could care less since it's the top selling game, but damn Rockstar, that's really shitty on your fans. I had pretty much bought every Rockstar game up to that point. Not anymore. You can have my fake dollars, but you won't get my real dollars again. So as I said, came from an anonymous uh, person who wanted to stay anonymous, but yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about that and that's how I felt too with, I kind of had the same experience. Like it was literally that, like I'd played for so long, the grinding that we had to do to basically end up losing our money or losing stuff. Like it's just, it's not the right way to do things. I don't feel right. Uh, and that was one of the things that we talked about where it seems like, I mean, they got the database, they got the information in theory. They should know when you suddenly got an influx of cash versus the steady buildup of cash that you had, you would think that they would be able to at least just eliminate that sudden influx and let you go from there with what you had legitimately built up. And, and again, this is a great example of which we didn't cover was someone who wasn't exploiting, wasn't cheating. They 
just were on the server and someone like gifted them a whole bunch of money. That's they're, they're not trying to game the system there. And that that's something that we didn't even consider when we talked about this at the last time. So yeah, it makes it even more that it puts more of the onus on the service provider that if they want to crack down on this, that they should crack down on it in a fair way, because regardless of how much money they're making, which is a lot for them. And regardless of the number of people that are going to stay playing versus the few people that are going to drop off, they still should do right by their subscribers. They should do right for the people that are playing this game, putting their time and in many cases money into. So that's my take. Yeah. The, I've, like I said, I was in this position. I played online. I've seen it done both ways. I've seen my account just start gradually increasing money. And I've also seen literally someone show up in front of me and drop a bunch of money bags. And it's like, I can pick them up or I can't. In this scenario, what, what it sounds like they're describing is like, it just was like the one where the, the account just keeps growing. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like I can say, stop sending me money, hacker. You know, there's nothing yeah. I can do. So that's... And you don't even know if they're just legitimate and they found a good system to legitimately get a whole bunch yeah. of money. And they said, Oh, let's, I'm going to be altruistic and share it with all the people on the server today. I mean, you don't know that. Yeah, that's true. So it's unfortunate, but, uh, obviously if, uh, that's the email from this, if, if you guys have any emails that you want to send us, uh, anything like this or anything you want to cover or any opinions or ask us questions, whatever, uh, email address is at the bottom here, but it's a uh, G O a at sasgaming.com. So it's G O a at S A S S gaming.com. Uh, we'll obviously you know, read your email out loud uh, for the podcast and then, uh, we'll do that kind of stuff. So, uh, this is the, uh, this is what got our attention this week. If you're listening to the podcast, you can obviously check this out on live on Twitch as we're doing now, or you can check it out later on YouTube uh, as we upload our videos later. Uh, the big benefit of being on the, the live feed is that, you know, we do answer questions in between our segments. So during the ad break, we actually take some live questions and, you know, see what's going on. So uh, feel free to join and, you know, stop by, hang out, talk to us. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you like what you hear, you can follow me personally on my links. I'm uh, I'm Zycia. So if you go to twitch.tv slash XYCI, uh, you can follow me. I usually play uh, sporadically around the weekends and such. Uh, I have the same thing. I have social media. I have all those links on my Twitch page, so feel free to do that. You can uh, also find follow Brian on, uh, well, I guess you can tell us. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. That's Phoenix Nova. It's with two N's, so P-H-O-E-N-N-I-X Nova. Or on Twitch, same spelling, just put an underscore in between the words, and you can follow what I'm doing. One of the things that I'm going to be doing coming up is with Baldur's Gate 3. As longtime listeners know, I'm excited about. I'm going to be looking into doing a Twitch stream, play through the early access of that. And anyone who joins the stream can help decide through the integration through Twitch of what decisions I make. Bruno, how about you? Yeah, um, you can follow me at uh, twitch.tv. Uh, Dimirn, that's D-Y-M-Y-R-N and you can follow me on Twitter at Dimirn Gaming, which is again D-Y-M-Y-R-N Gaming um, yep just follow my stream, join whatever you want I kind of play whatever the hell I feel like um, randomly throughout the week, uh, mostly on weekends and Fridays, uh, right now we're playing GTFO with uh, a group of people this upcoming weekend 
And uh, if you guys have any suggestions, send them my way. Yeah. So with that, obviously, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you can, slap a follow, subscribe on all the different social media platforms. We really do appreciate that. Uh, it definitely does help us out as as Twitch streamers and obviously as our podcast is growing. Uh, so we do appreciate that. And uh, until next time, uh, as I always say, have a great weekend, day, whatever it may be. Wear a mask, uh, be safe, socially distant, do all the fun stuff so we can at least get back to normal society <laughs> eventually someday. So until then, you guys have a great day. Take care. See you guys. Have a great Take week. Take it easy.